Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. We also are recording this uh, for anybody that does not get out. We'll be trying to get that uh, available later this afternoon, a little earlier than last Sunday was. Had a little bit of snag with that, but we're trying something different and hope that that will work a little quicker. But it's good to have each one of you here. For some of you, it's the first time back, and we're glad to see you folks back with us. Others of you were here last Sunday. I think we had, uh, I was told, about 92 in here last Sunday. So praise the Lord for that. And um, I know this is a holiday weekend, but it's nowhere to go that you can do anything. Okay? Uh, we were talking about that um, uh, just the other night, my uh, uh, Friday uh, my son James and his two boys, they had been out to Tennessee to help the in-laws to move in out there. They bought a house and they were on the way back and coming up to 81, there was a big accident. There's going to be two hours of delay and they were already dead tired and they called us and said, hey, can we crash at your house tonight? Uh, so they came in about 4.30 for us and was talking uh, about some of the things going on. We got talking about camping because they'd like to do a lot of camping. And, and I said, uh, right now, I mean, you can go camping, but then they got restrictions about where you can go. You can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do the other. And I said, well, they ain't going to go camping. <laughs> so there's a lot of folks that are going and trying to do some things, but uh, we're glad that you're here with us today. And we want you to uh, have a great blessing from all that will be going on. A uh, couple things I wanted to share. One is a thank you card from Amy. Amy didn't get to come today. Amy Cassidy. Uh, but uh, was not feeling quite as well this morning. But she writes here, says, Words cannot express how thankful I am for your love and support during this challenging season. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for the gifts, cards, and most of all, the prayers for Ashley and I. And uh, we certainly want to share that with you. I know they're very appreciative, appreciative of all that y'all have done and uh, lifting them up in prayer. Today is, as I said, Memorial Day weekend, and we would like to take the opportunity to both recognize and to honor uh, those that, uh, that have given their lives for the freedoms that we enjoy and sometimes take too often for granted. Uh, so what I'd like to do is for any of you out there that have a family member who died in, uh, con in, uh, um, um, in action, uh, we would like to have you stand first, if you would. Any of you out there that have a loved one uh, tied to your family that died in the service, thank you so much there. Please know how much we appreciate the, uh, the sacrifice that your loved ones uh, have made for us uh, so much. If you remain standing, I want to add to that right now. For those that are in active duty today or have been in active duty in the past uh, and are out of the military, but we would like to recognize all of you that were willing to give in such a way. So if you would stand, please. Everyone that's been in the military or presently in the military, I want you to know how much we appreciate each one of you for the sacrifices that you made and have made as you continue. I'm going to get another crowd to stand here at this point, and that is uh, anytime someone goes away in the military, there's someone left behind, and it's kind of hard on those members as well. So if I can have family members of those that have been in military in the past or present, if you would stand, please, with these uh, that are standing. Could we all give a hand to everyone uh, that you with this? Thank you so much for your service. Thank you. 
each one of us here as we enjoy that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we think about uh, this time of remembering Him and uh, the sacrifices that have been made. Father, we thank You for the privilege of being able to recognize and to honor those uh, especially that gave their lives for the sacrifice of this country and its freedoms. I thank you for many that have given of their, their many years of service uh, in the same way and the families that uh, had to, to suffer loss because of uh, them being gone. And Father, we thank you for the freedoms that we enjoy as a nation. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that we have in our religious freedoms that we can meet freely to worship uh, today and always. And we thank you for this great country that you have given us. And I pray that you would continue to allow our country to remain solid. Help us as individuals to stand firm. And Lord, I pray that you guide our leaders and help them to make the right choices that you would like to see happen in our nation and in this world. We'll give you the praise and the glory for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. A couple announcements I just share with you before we go any further, and that is uh, uh, coming up Wednesday night, we're going to have our prayer meeting in the auditorium at what time? 7.30. It's on the announcements that rotated. Uh, last, last week, we always meet on 7, at 7.30, at least during the school year. And uh, so we want you here at 7.30. I think we have about 44 in our meeting this past Wednesday night. Uh, for our prayer meeting, so look forward to that and hope you can join us as we're there. And then also today, members, we need to have a brief business meeting after the service this morning. So if you would plan to stay, we'll keep that just as quickly as possible. I've got company coming to my house. I'm sure some of you may have as well. So uh, we want to get through with that just as quickly as possible, and we'll keep that short. But thank you so much uh, for these that have come today, and appreciate you being here, a part of our service together. Let's go ahead and begin in prayer. I'll go ahead and change up a little bit, Bobby, if you'll come and uh, lead us with the first uh, with our prayer before we get into our first song. I thought he was getting ready to say, "Lead us in our first song." Let's pray. God, we are thankful for this weekend, this memorial weekend, where we do honor those that have given their life. And as we think of that, God, we, we always want to honor Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us. God, we thank you for the pastor and his church and the opportunity to be here this morning uh, to worship you. And God, we do pray for the situation in our country with the virus. We pray that it continue to improve and uh, give safety to our members. Uh, pray for the pastor's message. God, may we have ears to hear and more than hear, but to let it sink down in our hearts that we may do the things that you've called us to do. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, our first song is over. Up here. <laughs> oh, you did it. Nothing is impossible.
cool out of that wood. So now we know the air conditioner is gone, so we're going to need help with that, I think we can. Alright, here we go. You can remain seated for this.
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there's nothing that we have to face that we have to face alone. Lord Jesus Christ is right there with us to help us through every trial, to go through every difficulty that we have to face. He never promised that he would remove all the difficulties. He just promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He promised that he would walk there through, through it all with us. And it would never be too much for us and God together. Praise the Lord for that truth. He will help us to be a survivor of all of these things. All right, take the Bibles, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. What I'm about to share with you today is something totally against what the devil wants us to think about this morning. I've been praying all morning, uh, even in uh, these microphones. You know, the devil can get in these microphones real quick. And uh, there's always ample opportunity for that. But uh, the devil wants, when we specifically start dealing with a topic like we're going to deal with today, he wants to distract in some way from you being able to listen and understand what I'm going to be sharing of God's Word. He wants to deceive you into thinking, well, yeah, but that's not going to happen to me. He wants to deter you from being able to follow God's Word and obey God's Word the way that God would have you to do. And so what I'm asking and what I want to do before we go any further is stop and have prayer. I want us to pray, if you would join me silently in prayer as I pray out loud. Pray for God's uh, protection, uh, the hedge of protection that He says in Scripture that He will put around us. Let's pray for that this morning. Let's also pray for God's help and prevention from Satan's snares that he wants to put us in this morning and wants to distract us with this morning uh, so that we can listen carefully, understand plainly, and obey completely what God has to offer for us in this information this morning. Let's pray. Father, right now we acknowledge that we can do nothing apart from you. This is your church. We are your people. This is your word that we're about to, uh, to share this morning. And I pray that as we do, and as it reveals our enemy and what he is about and what he is trying to accomplish, I pray that you would help us not just to understand it, but to heed the warnings that you give us. Lord, give us that protection this morning. Keep his hands out of distracting through anything that's going on, both corporately as a group or individually in a person's mind. Help us to give our attention 100% to what you have to, to share with us this morning. And I'll give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Last, about a week ago, Vicki found a snake. Uh, actually, found it right outside the door here. Uh, yeah. Crystal was a little concerned that it may have got into the building. We might have an episode even better than the squirrel we got loose. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's in the building. <clears throat> Hopefully not. I don't know if anybody's checked yet. Around. See, <clears throat> it has a tendency to kind of stay toward the wall area in the back. <laughs> Brian, you're supposed to sit up front. 
But uh, anyway, I understand that this is a black snake. And I understand that black snakes are good snakes. Uh, but I'm here today to tell you that I am not prejudiced at all against anyone or anything based on the color of its skin. I dislike all snakes. I think some of the reason is because of the connection that we have with the first prophecy in Scripture. You remember in Genesis 3, 15, God talking to the serpent, Satan and the serpent, and he said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. Now we know the spiritual ramifications of that and what it's speaking to, but I believe there's some physical application of that as well, that uh, there's a little bit of enmity between me and a snake, whatever the color of its skin. Uh, the character of its uh, uh, building. <laughs> but we have this particular uh, situation where Satan is described as a serpent, as a snake. And as a serpent or snake, he is seeking to devour us, affect us. He's seeking to beguile us, as we'll see he wants to cause us to be misinformed or to disregard the truth that God gives us in Scripture. In 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3, it says, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve, the word beguile means to deceive, as the serpent deceived Eve through his subtlety, his subtlety as it's talking about, his sneaky tricks, I fear that your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The word simplicity means the truthfulness that is in Christ. And so Paul writes to these believers and he says, just like Eve was deceived by the serpent, I'm fearful that some of you are going to be deceived by his trickiness and cause you to turn away or not to receive or at least neglect the truthfulness that is in Christ. So that is what each one of us face today. There's not a believer alive that has ever lived or ever will live that is not susceptible to Satan's beguiling, his deceiving. Satan has done it from the very beginning, and he will continue to do it to the end. Um, what are the sneaky tricks that Satan brings about our way? Well, every one of us knows that he's, he seeks to tempt us to do evil. That's a given. We understand that. But he also urges us to worry. Worry is sin. We're not to worry. We trust the Lord. We are cast our care upon Him. Let Him care for us. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things, be prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. He urges us to worry. He, he makes us to fear. Uh, this pandemic has been an example. There have been many people that have been crippled by fear from what's been going on. And we need to be careful. I mean, there are cautions, precautions that we should take. But we don't have to fear uh, what's going to happen. God is still in control. Uh, he wants to cause us to doubt 
God's Word. And if we begin to doubt the truth of God's Word, we'll start to drift from it. We won't stay close. We won't keep it in our life to read and to regard. We'll be, begin to disregard it and even uh, defy it at some point. I know that this is what you say, God, but I'm going to do this. That's defiance. And so the devil wants that, and it's a progression that kind of goes in that direction. If he can get us to begin to neglect not God's Word, if we start to, to neglect it, then he can get us going in that direction that will end up defeating us, discouraging us, and even devouring us as the roaring lion uh, seeks to do. Some years ago, I shared an illustration on a Wednesday night. Some of our Wednesday night crowd may remember this. If your minds are good, several years ago. A hunter raised his rifle and took careful aim at a large bear. When he was about to pull the trigger, the bear spoke in a soft, soothing voice. Isn't it better to talk than to shoot? What do you want? Let's negotiate the matter. Lowering his rifle, the hunter replied, I will prefer a coat. Good, said the bear. That's negotiable. I only want a full stomach. So let us negotiate a compromise. They sat down to negotiate, and after a time, the bear walked away alone. The negotiations had been successful. The bear had his full stomach. The hunter had his fur coat. There's some things that you cannot negotiate. Sin with Satan is one of them. Satan will never tell you the truth, the whole truth. He will never keep promises that he makes to us. He always will lie, and we need to understand it. Satan is against us. There are three things that I want us to see this morning. I keep looking up there for a plot. I'm in good shape. There are three things that I want to share with you this morning. I want us to recognize our deceptive enemy. I want us to recognize our defensive attitudes and actions. And I want us to recognize, understand the decision that we need to make. I've entitled the message, Don't Negotiate with a Bear. Let's uh, get into it as we've already prayed and look at our deceptive enemy. The Bible describes Satan as being subtle. He describes him as being wily. Remember the cartoon, the roadrunner, wily coyote, the, the sneaky, tricky coyote? That's what he's like, sneaky, tricky. A liar, an angel of light. In other words, he comes looking like good in order to present bad and to get you to go in that direction. He's a seducing spirit. But his primary and foremost uh, characteristic is that of being deceptive. From the very beginning in the Garden of Eden with, uh, with Eve, he was deceptive with her to the very end. When you read in Revelation 20, how that after the millennial kingdom, when the devil has been cast into the bottomless pit uh, and chained there for a thousand years during the millennial kingdom, then at the end of the millennial kingdom, God says that he releases the devil uh, for a little while. It says specifically that he goes out to deceive. From Genesis 3 to Revelation 20, 
and everything in between, the devil is about deception. He is about deceiving you. He wants to promise you one thing and give you another. He is one that, that is substitutes that way, swaps out that which he had promised, and he gives us the lie instead. In 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11, it says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The word devices simply means his schemes, his plan of attack. We are not ignorant of what our enemy is about. The Bible has made it clear what he is going to do and what he has been doing, and it makes it clear how he's going to trick and affect you. And so we need to understand the, this enemy, this deceptive enemy that we have. In Ephesians chapter 4, it speaks about the church and that God has given some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting or the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. He has given them for also uh, perfecting the knowledge of the truth of God's Word so that we can be more like the Lord Jesus Christ in maturity. So that in verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children. That is, uh, weak in our knowledge about the truth of God's Word and, and what Jesus Christ is like. Don't be any more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Uh, this, these new things they're trying to, to push on us and, and, uh, and the slight of being the trickery of, of what they're using and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. The devil uses his people to try to bring about this creative, uh, crafted plan to systematically deceive people. His cunning craftiness. And he wants to do that so that we will not know the truth or that we will not follow the truth. We know what he is like. We know what he does. So my question is, why do we still sometimes fall for the tricks? Let me use this as an illustration. There's something else that we know. We know that drugs and alcohol are terrible things. We know, not just from what the Word of God says, not just from personal testimonies of people that have been affected and families that have been affected, we know from the studies that are done by the world itself that how the broken families, lost jobs, relationships that are crushed and, and, uh, and uh, are no longer together. We know that there's all kinds of uh, terrible decisions that have been made and crimes that have been committed by those that have gotten into the drugs or gotten into the alcohol. We know those things, and yet there's still people that go and experiment with the drugs or experiment in starting to drink. Now, the question is, why? I'm going to tell you one of the biggest answers. Satan comes up and says, you know those things, yeah, but that will never happen to you. You see? It'll never hurt your life. You can handle this. It'll be good. That's what he whispers. You remember the... Uh, 
You ever watch the, the movie, The Jungle Book? Now, I can't remember the new one, but the old one I remember. And um, Mowgli, the boy raised by the wolves, and um, uh, Bagheera, I think, the, uh, the panther. Uh, he was running from Bagheera. I think he was running away for some reason, even though they were friends. And, and he comes across this snake. You remember the snake? And so the snake begins to talk to him in his eyes, mesmerizing in his voice. And he begins to tell him, I'll be your friend. Ah, you can trust in me. Trust. You, you remember? There's Satan. What an example. He comes to us and he says, you know, it's going to be all right. You can do this. Just trust me. Listen to me. And there are people that are gullible enough to listen to that. And to think, I know that other people have been affected that way. I know that it's destroyed other lives. I know, but it will never happen to me. I can handle it. It'll be okay. And they disregard the evidence. They disregard God's Word. And they listen to the servant. Who are you listening to today? Who's got your ear when it comes to these things? That's why Jesus, in talking about the devil, said in John 8, 44, He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Mark it down, that is what Satan is. The devil is a liar. He will always lie. Even if he gives a little proof, there will always be the lie in it. And we've got to understand our deceptive enemy. In 1939, just before the outbreak of World War II, Germany and Russia signed a treaty between themselves, and the treaty promised that neither uh, nation would attack the other, and it laid out a plan for how they would divide the nations of Eastern Europe between themselves. Yet, in 1941, without warning or provocation, Adolf Hitler sent his tanks across the Russian border in a sneak attack. Hitler had no interest in keeping his word. The treaty was meant only as a temporary measure until he could do what he wanted to. That is what Satan is to us today. He will make promises and he will even let those things be a satisfaction for temporarily until he's ready to do what he wants and has you where he wants you to be and then becomes the reality of what he has brought to our lives. The devil breaks every promise that he makes. He'll never deliver on what he leads us to expect. Thomas Brooks wrote this about Satan's promises. He said, Satan promises the best, but he pays the worst. He promises honor, but he pays disgrace. He promises pleasure, but he pays pain. He promises profit, but he gives loss. He promises life, but he pays with death. 
The devil will tell you anything you want to hear to get you to do whatever he wants you to do. We need to understand our particular enemy. Satan wants to negotiate about sin. But what he promises, he will never provide. Our enemy. Number two, our defensive attitudes and actions. If you'll turn with me to 1 Peter 5, a familiar passage here, one verse uh, in particular, the roaring lion, everybody is familiar with, I hope. Uh, God's warning concerning that the devil in this particular uh, passage. But First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, and they, this is not an exhaustive type of list of things. I'd like to uh, preach, and I hope to before too long, out of Ephesians 6, the armor of God that we're to uh, put on and have with us uh, in defense of Satan's attacks. And we'll look at that one day and what God says. But specifically right now, I want us to see our defensive attitudes in verse 8 and then in verse, the beginning of verse 9, our defensive actions. Our defensive attitudes in verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, he wants to devour us. We talked about how he wants to do that in his deceptive work. He wants to promise things that he will not have no intention to provide. All of those things are areas and many more in which he does to try to get us into the snare. But he's, God says, I want you to be sober and be vigilant. First of all, sober attitude. He's talking about being sober-minded here, a serious-minded person alert and careful. When we apply it in this particular uh, sense, it is one that takes the devil devil seriously. I believe that there are some Christians that, that hear a message like this and say, hey, yeah, right, I understand. But they go out and there's no difference in their life whatsoever. There's no concern whatsoever. I understand there's a snake that, that you saw out here. That was just hers, probably long gone from here. When I go out uh, this afternoon after uh, when the service is done, uh, I don't have to look around for any snake. And it's no snake in here, except maybe for, for this one right there. <laughs> but uh, there is a serpent in here. Maybe not the devil himself, but his demons, they're right here in this room. They are real. And they're really after us. And we need to understand that, and we need to be serious to take this message, to take this, this information serious of what God gives us. Be sober, be serious-minded, be alert and careful. Be vigilant. The word vigil means to be awake. It is therefore meaning to be watchful, attentive, to be on guard. Uh, when we, when we uh, uh, think about these things together, when we put sober and vigilant together there, we take the devil seriously and we watch out for his surprise attack. If there was a snake that we had seen this morning right out here at the front uh, covered porch of the gym where you've got to go out, they said, I, I didn't see him a while ago when we were coming in, but... But it may be out there when you leave, 
Do you think any of you may go out there and be kind of looking around a little bit before you step on out into the sidewalk? I would think so. Now there'd be some that say, I don't care, it's a black snake, I'll pick him up, you know. Be defiant. Disregard. He'll never bite you. Won't happen. I just heard a young lady raising reptiles. Very important to her. She ended up in the emergency room this past week being bit by one. Pet! Really? <laughs> MD. Do we take the warning seriously of what the devil is trying to do? My pastor, when I was a teenager, Dr. W. D. Hamrick, his uh, son Frank Hamrick, my youth pastor, Falls Road Baptist in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. W. D. Hamrick, we called him Preacher Hamrick. Uh, uh, before he was in the ministry, he was in the military. He was stationed uh, in the jungles of uh, Panama, and their base, right outside their base was this jungle area, and one of the things that the men had to do, the soldiers had to do, was was patrol that jungle, and at night, you know, it would be, like anything, any jungle at night, a little scary out there, but it was one story that he told in particular that while he was uh, on patrol, the night that he was to go out, they got the guys together and said, look, I want you to be aware there has been a dangerous panther sighted in the jungle area right outside of us here. Just keep that in mind as you go out. And he said that night when he went out, it was the same jungle. It was the same paths. It was the same type of thing he'd done over and over and over. But this night was a little different. Every little sound that he heard, he was checking out. Now he was looking more carefully, not just down the paths, but in the bushes and everything else, because he knew that there was a predator out there that could do him bodily harm. And it wasn't just an enemy uh, physically uh, in that sense, but it was, it was that panther. And we have the same type of illustration for us in our world today. There's an enemy that is out there. It's not a physical enemy that we might see. The devil may use some physical people to do some harm, but the devil is the spiritual enemy that's going to be after to attack us, to do us harm. And we've got to recognize that enemy and take him seriously. So the first part, our defensive attitude there is being alert as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That is the first rule of our attitude. Now look at our actions. May I ask you this, though? Is that you? Are you alert? Are you watchful? Notice verse 9 in our actions. It says, This warring lion is wanting to devour us whom resist steadfast in the faith. I want us to see how do we resist. We understand what resist is, but the only way we can do it is to resist steadfast in the faith. The word steadfast means solid, firmly balanced. I understand when people are trained to do hand-to-hand combat, one of the things that they emphasize is you've got to have balance in your stance to approach and be ready for an attack or to fight uh, in regard. We need to be balanced. We need to have a firm 
plantedness, if you will, and that plantedness there solidly grounded is in the faith, it says. Now, the faith is not just believing. It's not just being a Christian. But here the faith is talking about biblical revelation, the revealed truth of God's Word. We're to be squarely and uh, uh, rooted and grounded in the knowledge of God's Word. So for us to resist the devil, we have got to be steadfast in the faith in the solid understanding of the Word of God. That's how Jesus resisted. If you remember in Matthew uh, chapter 4, when the devil came to him and tempted him, each time Jesus responded, the first words out of his mouth was, It is written. And he quoted a, a scripture. And he didn't just quote any scripture. I'm not going to go on with it. I've talked to that before. But, it, but it's the, the use of God's word. And we cannot use God's word if we don't know God's word. And so there must be an understanding, a firm groundedness in the faith of uh, the word of God, understanding that word of God. Uh, flip back a few pages to James chapter 4. As resisting the devil is what we're talking about. It speaks of it here in James chapter 4 in verse 7. It says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's a promise that he will flee from us when we do this. Now this promise that he is going to flee from us is tied to a double command. The double command is, first of all, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And then number two, resist the devil. I'm here today to tell you that you cannot resist until you first submit. That's God's order. So we must submit to God, surrender to Him, into what he is saying and what he desires. We cannot be doing like the devil wants us to and to drift from God's word and disregard God's word and even uh, uh, defy it. But we must surrender to what God says first. Then we can resist. So before we can stand before Satan, we must bow before God and surrender to what he wants in our life. Our defensive attitudes and actions. And then that brings us to our decision to be made. There's an Old Testament and New Testament warnings that are given. In the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 11, 16, it says, Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. The warning is do not be deceived to go and follow other gods. Other gods we've studied before are anything really that takes the place of God in our life. When we take the time that we should be serving Him or worshiping Him, when we take the, the money that we should be using and use it for something else, when we take uh, our talent that God has given us and say, Lord, you know, uh, instead of uh, teaching the class or helping out in the youth class, I'm going to, to do uh, this, that, and the other thing with my abilities. We can take those things that God has given us and begin to use them for other things. And the other things, God says, are other gods in our life that we create. We need to be careful. He says, don't be deceived when it comes to these things. 
in the New Testament, in Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Do not be deceived. Whatever we put our seed into, if you will, our time, our effort, we're going to reap of the same. What are we reaping in our life? What God wants or what we want? There are two, chip, uh, two choices on the shelf, remember? Pleasing God or pleasing self. Who are we listening to this time? Our own heart? Psalm 37, is it? You know how to get to your own heart satisfied? Delight thyself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I've thought about that many times. I said, Lord, the desires of my heart Then I have to be careful and say, you know, Lord, I've got to be delighted in you. And I've got to make sure that, that you're my focus. And if I'm delighting in him, he is my focus, you know, my heart desires are not necessarily going to be fleshly desires. Two warnings that he's given. We've seen our deceptive enemy, his plan of attack. We have reviewed our defensive attitudes and actions of, of submitting to the Lord and resisting the devil. We have heard God's merciful warnings not to be deceived. So here we come down to the choice. What is the decision to be made? Proverbs 27 and verse 12. It says, A prudent man, that's a wise man, a wise man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. They suffer the consequences. So there's a comparison here. The wise man foresees the, the, the danger. He looks at the, the warnings of God's Word. And he heeds the warnings that are there because he believes them. And he's listening to the Holy Spirit of God that's, that's telling him. But the simple, the not so wise, the immature, they pass on. They disregard. They listen. Trust in me. Trust in me. It'll never happen to you. You'll be fine. You don't have to listen to that stuff. So my question, who are you listening to? You have a choice today. Who are you going to listen to? The Holy Spirit of God or a demon whispering in your ear? Every believer has the same choices every day. 
And the devil doesn't want you to think about that. He doesn't want you to consider that. He doesn't want you to listen to take heed to that. He would rather for you just to go on out here and never give it any mind and let him do his sweet little talks. But there's some great talks right here. But you've got to decide to get in it. To get anything out of it. So it's your choice. Do you heed the warning or do you suffer the consequences? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now. Our piano storm is just going to play silently. I want you to consider the next few things I'm going to say. Consider for yourself. Is there something right now that God has brought to your mind? Something right now that you're thinking about that God is saying, you know, that should not be in your life. Maybe it's something that you've tried to deal with in the past and you failed and you kind of just pushed it to the side and you haven't been trying to deal with it. You've just been putting up with it. But is it time right now to, to think about that and say, Lord, I want to surrender that part to you as well. Will you make that choice today? David wrote in the scriptures in Psalm 139, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. God doesn't have to look to see. He already sees. But David, I believe, was saying, Look into my heart and show me, Lord, if there's any wicked way in me, and then lead me in my everlasting way to deal with that. That's how we should respond. Will you deal with your sin right now that God has laid upon your heart, brought to your mind? And Christian, have you been in God's Word, learning God's truth so that you can identify the devil's counterfeit? Or is other things taking your time? Or even when you have the time and the choice, to do other things. God wants you to surrender, to start spending time with Him and His Word right now. Would you be willing to make that choice? The decisions are yours to make today. You've heard the message. I pray that you heed the warnings and you would surrender to what God is leading. Father, I pray that as we begin to think about these things in our life and have made some choices, that you would not let us have peace today without making the right choice before you. Help us to deal with the things that you brought to our attention and help us, Lord, never to disregard your word. Give us your strength, your blessing, and your safety as we go. We'll give you the glory to all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for each one coming today. A couple of reminders. Your offering, uh, there will be ushers at each one of the doors. If uh, you 
just drop your offering in the plate there. We won't be passing any, anything around between us. But uh, that way, you can drop your offering off each Sunday. And then Wednesday night at what time? 7 30. Uh, be here for the uh, prayer meeting. And then, members, if you would stay just afterwards, we'll get our business meeting going just as quickly as possible. Thank you for coming. God bless you. I hope you see you again tonight. Have a wonderful morning.